Yo, what's good, y'all? Welcome to this week's episode of Talks with Taboo. Welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. Hope you're having a great week, and I really appreciate y'all being here, man. I really do, because I got a great show for y'all today with a great guest, very interesting guest. Before I introduce this interesting guest, I got to let you know about some shows I got coming up. Uh, this Friday, the 13th, I will be in Newport, Kentucky at the Thompson House, uh, headlining the interstellar music festivals after party uh it's basically like in cincinnati ohio it's right there on the border um you know newport cincinnati almost the same damn town so come out to that and then saturday the 14th i will be in shell wyoming at mad mountain music festival we'll be headlining that that evening i ain't never been to wyoming i'm excited to be there i've heard it's beautiful and uh, i'm really looking forward to that so if you're in the area come to the show come say what's up if you're going man i'd love to say hey love to chat for a minute um but my guest this week it's a very talented individual, very talented, a, a name that I've been seeing pop up a whole lot, um, and, and he, he's, he's taken a route in this music game that not a lot of people take. When I say music game, I really mean the electronic game, okay, because music game, people might take this route that he's going, but he said, nah, man, I'm going to do it in the electronic world, in the EDM uh, universe, okay? He is a pianist, which is a hilarious term. I don't know why they made up that term back in the Dizay. Um it just don't make sense, dude. A pianist sounds like somebody who jerks off all day, but he is a pianist. That means he plays the piano if you don't know what that means, okay? And he's been he's been a guy who's been making a lot of noise in the scene. I've been seeing his name more and more. He's got collabs coming up with some really big people, and I'm like, you know what, dude? I like this guy's vibe. I like what he's doing. Let me get him on the show. Let me get to know him a little bit, okay? He's got a new single dropping tomorrow on Wakan with Lucid and also has a single dropping tomorrow, two singles one day, you know, uh, schedule nightmare, but dude, it happens. He's got a collab with Lucid coming out tomorrow. Also, a collab with Closey coming out tomorrow. And I'm a huge fan of both of those artists, both amazing producers. So I can't wait to hear that track. Y'all make sure to go check it out. But without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jason Leach. Mr. Jason Leach, man. Yes, sir. How you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. Has anybody ever told you you look like Dirt Monkey's long lost, lost brother? You literally yeah. look like Dirt Monkey's long lost brother, man. It's kind of wild. I, I listen to Dirt Monkey, but I don't know what he looks like. He looks like you, but like, you know, a little bit older. <laughs> Just in the mirror. Instead of and instead of flipping keys, he's flipping boards. You know what I mean? You, you know what I what I what kind of comments I see, and I mean I'm not even like this isn't like braggadocious. Maybe it doesn't even sound braggadocious, but I've gotten twenty or thirty comments about how I look like Tom Cruise, and I don't see it. Tom fucking Cruise, dude. That's what's yes. up. That's what's <laughs> up. I have people tell me I look like Matt Damon at times. Oh, I see it. I see it. I don't, dude. I just look like Vector. You know what? I think we see ourselves different when we look at, you know, pictures of ourselves or in the mirror. Yeah, dude. I just want to see you in many, many different ways is where, you know, All I want sides. to see, see, seeing you in your most vulnerable from your strongest to your lowest points, you know, just, just a whole lifelong, um, memories of each other, you know, that we can, we can hopefully get in this hour podcast. I'm always vulnerable, bro. <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, dude, check it. So you're a pianist. Okay. Which is just an hilarious term. I don't, you know, it sounds um, who, dirty. It's it sounds like I feel like the person who made it was a pervert, but like it's possible that he wasn't. And then <laughs> over the years, it just got because I would be like I would call it a pianoist. You know, like nowadays I would think they would name it that, right? Yes, a pianoist. That's, that's how it should be. Yeah, but a pianist. Yeah, there was some really creepy dude like in the seventeen hundreds, just like. Like, you know, like a scrangly, and he just decided to call it a penist. Yeah. <laughs> it's like whenever I th whenever someone's like, I'm a carpenter, I'm like, oh, hell yeah, you do carpet shit, you know? <laughs> you're, into, you're into carpets? <laughs> yeah, you do. You lay down carpets, man. He's like, no, dude, I do a lot of... It's like, what do they call it? Like, what is woodworking? It's like bush, bush work or something like that, where you're working with trees. It's like, this doesn't make any sense. But, uh, 
Anyway, dude, where I was going with that question, dude, yes. how long of a reach do you got, right? Because I, I played the piano for like a good, like solid year and a half, right? And I just remember trying to get a whole octave in the beginning. And then now it was it was nothing. And it's like over time, you, your fingers, you're able to just get your fingers further away from each other. Yeah, you probably, you probably got some pretty good reach, huh? Um, yeah, and that, I mean... There is something about like the hands, like uh, my piano teacher when I started young was like, oh, you got some good piano hands because I have weird like alien fingers, you know, they're like really long and slender. And he complimented them about like my reaches, even from a young age, like like I, I could, you know, do different chords. But like there is something about like stretching out your hand and hitting those bigger chords and longer reaches. Um, yeah. And that just takes time for practice. Yeah. How, how how much can you do, dude? You can hit like fucking, hit like 14 semitones. How far can you go? Man. Hit like an octave and a half? C to E. Uh, octave and two keys. That's still pretty impressive. I can just hit the octave and that's still a stretch. You know There's I mean? a, I mean, like my favorite, my favorite pianist, uh, Rachmaninoff. He's an old classical composer and he, and he's this big Russian. He made these crazy, uh, you know, classical pieces. And you can reach from a C to an A. Uh, it's a thirteenth. So you can do a C to a C, which is an octave. Yeah. 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 Okay. He goes C to C, D E F G A. That's insane. Yes. Where the fuck does his like uh, ring finger sit then, dude? Like I can like if like his ring fingers on C, like you know, his can do a whole octave with his fucking ring finger. That shit's fucking wild, man. I have no idea. Yeah, it's just, it, you know, but like that, it it doesn't make or break the piano player because, um, like Elton John, Elton John has small hands. You know, Elton John has really small hands, but he just rips. It. He knows how to he knows how to use them. You know, <laughs> so you're fit. <laughs> Fuck my ass. Oh, <coughs> so your favorite pianist was a Russian guy, right? You said, yeah, Sergey yeah. Rachmaninoff. Yeah, rock and roll. Yeah, my favorite pianist are uh, BBCs. Uh, but so, how long you been playing the piano for? Um, I start. Uh, my parents got me on piano lessons in first grade. However, you're however old you are in first grade. What is that? Like six or seven? Eight. You're like eight, I think. Or yeah. Yeah, seven or eight. I don't know. Like that. Yeah, but like, and I stuck with it, and I had the same piano teacher all the way through high school, and then um, even in college did some piano lessons, so just pretty much my whole life. Damn, that's wild. Same mentor, same instructor. Yeah. There was never a point where, like, it was like, okay, I've taught you all I know. No man! Oh my gosh, dude! Piano goes so deep. I that I haven't I haven't scratched the surface of it, and I'm like I've kind of even like gotten away from like classical music, but it is so complex. Like I dabbled in it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I and I I've learned some classical pieces, like um like I learned like the whole Moonlight Sonata and memorized it. You know what I mean? All right, that's one. Now, you can imagine how many amazing classical pieces there are, you know what I mean? But, like, that that took a year. So just there's there's so much to learn, so much out there. There's no one that's, like, mastered the piano, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I totally get that, but, like, I feel like there's still a point to where, you know, each teacher, every, someone's going to teach you different stuff. So to be with one person the entire time is kind of wild, right? Because I, I had a drum teacher for, like, a good three years three and a half years when i was younger i've had many mentors but that was like the one teacher i had and there got to a point where we would be doing our lessons and he's like man i've, I've taught you everything i know at this point you know what i mean where like was mm. there ever a point where you were coming in and kind of teaching your teacher some shit no my, my, i mean like there was the so there's the uh first grade to high school teacher shout out gibby rockwell and he really taught me, he taught me, and he knew my strengths and weaknesses, and he taught me, you know, and he, and he's one of those piano teachers that was like, uh, like, didn't like the new music. He's like, Bleh. like rap music, you know, like he was so not into that idea. He, he was, uh, which I like, I didn't, I didn't want somebody's like, you can do whatever you want, you know, but here, let's learn a new pop song. 
I, I liked that. He, you know what I mean? Uh, and that, that was his thing. And, and he really taught me the hardcore fundamentals, technicalities, um, uh, boring drills, over and over again. Just like, I hate, but like, it, it was like, you know, just the training, like, you know, it's, you're in, you're in it. You know what I mean? Like the dirty stuff, like the not fun, just repetitive stuff. And he really pushed that. And that's the technicality part that really helped me out. Um, yeah. and that, that's what, that's what kind of that allowed me to that. Okay. Now I got that. Now I can play with those stuff. Now I can do EDM, but use that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I feel that, dude. Yeah, those scales can be boring as fuck, dude, but, like, you gotta learn them, you know what I mean? You gotta learn them. Dude, you I remember, to, yeah. I, I had a guitar teacher for a little bit, and, um, god damn, like, drum lessons were awesome, right? Drum lessons, you go in there, you're like, oh, dude, Travis, listen to Travis Barker, let's fucking, let's fucking play it, and you're, like, jamming out, yeah, you're having a blast, dude. I'd go to guitar lessons, and I'd be, like, bought a new guitar, and I'm like, dude, check out this band, he's like, no, we're gonna learn fucking church music and i'm like no yes. <laughs> it was such a vibe change so and i i remember whenever i was like learning piano i, I had to be super disciplined i now I, I never practiced scales more than ever than when it be piano so it's crazy like that you say that was there ever ever a point with this teacher that y'all that y'all had a little bit of fun that y'all you know maybe got amigos track and y'all just fucking jammed on it i don't know yeah. okay well this is like early 2000s and 90s so we didn't have okay see era okay i don't even think i don't think the amigos were born in the 90s <laughs> but uh uh no but you know what i didn't realize it what it was like but now that i'm older i see it it's the karate kid it's the it's that he was like why do i have to you know, wax on, wax off. It's, it, it was that boring, repetitive stuff. Yeah, it is, man. So so at what point were you like... So actually, take it back for a second. You started in the first grade. Were your parents someone who made you do it? Because I hear this all the time from other people. Like, oh, my parents made me do piano lessons when I was a kid. Like, Was that a thing that they just made you do? Did you have any interest in it before? Or they just were like, you know what? We're just going to make you do this. Um. Okay, it was, no. My parents were like, my parents were awesome. My parents were like, soccer, uh, karate, uh, basketball. They threw all this stuff at me. Uh, piano, you know what I mean? And piano stuck. And I ran with it. And they're like, all right, he likes piano. And they just started, and they funded my lessons for piano lessons, which is exactly exactly how parents should be it's like yeah. here here's what here's what we can offer you you know let's see what you what here's what sticks sucked at basketball sucked at karate sucked at soccer but piano but piano stuck and they're like all right we're gonna run with it and they and they just funded my piano lessons and it's perfect it's exactly what i needed mm. i feel you dude if i remember a parent one day I'm going to do the same thing, dude. I'm going to lay it down and be like, here's a football, here's a guitar, here's some drugs. Which one do you want to do? You know? Which, they're which, they're always going to go for drugs, man. Always. Maybe. They might grab a football and just fucking throw a touchdown real quick and be like, damn, I got the next Drew Brees on this motherfucker, man. You never maybe know, dude. Football and drugs, which is the awesome combination yeah just just do the drugs until they start drug testing you just he's at the age of six just juiced up fucking tackling over <laughs> wait i wonder if there's been any type of study on like giving ch young children steroids i hope not but like what does it do to them are they just fucking jacked i'm curious just like imagine like an eight-year-old meathead that's just there to fuck shit up and and he's like i'm here to i'm here to get touchdown and pussy and you're like oh my god dude <laughs> It's like PE class and like just like girls are on his team like they don't they want to play but he's like into winning. <laughs> yeah. He's just super competitive. That shit would be funny. Samantha, I need you to, you know. Hey man, listen, Saturday night live, y'all can go ahead and take this skit, man. It's a good idea. Yeah, take it. Oh, uh, 
but yeah, so cool. That's that's cool. That they, that's fucking awesome of your parents, man. I, I hear so many stories of people who are just like, yeah, my parents made me get piano lessons when I was a kid. And I did this and that. All right. So at what point were you like, okay, I'm gonna try to turn this into a music project? Because you're you were doing you're doing all these lessons for years and years. Was there any idea to where it's like, hey, I'm gonna do this full time. I'm gonna try to make a living doing this, or was it always just a hobby and then someday it just clicked? Like, what was that like for you? When did this happen? Um, it was always a hobby. It was always just like something. It was. It was always like pianos were just something you did, and then there was real life. And you, it, it kind of kind of corny, but I, I saw School of Rock, the movie School of Rock, and I was like, I was taken away by it because it introduced me to rock music. I was really young when it came out. You know what I mean? And I was like, wait a minute, there's like these rock and roll bands and there, and there's keyboardists in these rock and roll bands. Remember it, like getting that soundtrack and like it introduced me to like Zeppelin and Pink Floyd and the Doors and stuff. I was like, oh, wait a minute. These people, there are people that play keyboards for a living and I already know how to play keyboards and I enjoy this music. And that really planted a seed. You know what I mean? It, it really like it, it really like opened my mind to like uh, the possibility of rock bands because up until then I was listening to the radio. And it's like I, you don't really hear keyboards, or if you did, you didn't know it. Just the chords and stuff, yeah. Right, right. I was like, I, I thought that music was like, you know, Backstreet Boys. Hey, that is music, bro. That is music. Okay. Sorry. Okay, put some respect on the boys. I should have, but, but I, I didn't realize, I didn't realize how, like, I was like, oh, wait a minute. Like there's a keyboardist and like, you know, he, he contributes and you, and there's keyboardists that that's what they did. I was like, people get paid to do this. Something I, I thought this was something that was for fun. And then you have to go get a job with like a briefcase and, you know, but like, it really opened my mind to like the idea of a band and I was really into rock bands. I was really into classic rock. Well, that's like what my parents listened to, you know. And then I and then I heard like EDM, and was like, wait a minute, the lead, the lead singer of these songs are synth sounds. Like the drop is a can be played on a keyboard, and just from there, it just like really took me away. Mm. Mm, so you never went through like a phase of like playing in bands or getting dudes together and jamming uh, around like that? No, I, I had a, I had a huge, all through high school, you know, played in the emo bands, played in the rock bands, and college played in the fish cover bands, the jam bands, you know what I mean? And I loved that. I I I knew that I was, I, I had so much, I mean, I had so much fun in the bands that I played in, and I loved, especially in college, I played in a band called The Manor and Friends, and we, we played in, uh, uh, West Virginia University in Morgantown and we had so many fun shows so many good shows just just rocking up you know in college and and I realized that I realized that there was a way to do this as a solo project with keyboards because of EDM electronic music I was like wait a minute these, these songs don't have guitar solos and lead singers they are melodic tracks that could be played on keys you know what i mean and that's what i that's where i went for it yeah nice dude what's up you said uh you played in emo bands dude what were y'all playing were y'all covering stuff were y'all writing your own shit like what was y'all oh playing? yeah you were you Just, were playing uh, the, uh, <laughs> welcome to black parade you were hitting them with that da, uh, da, dude that was da. me yes <laughs> yeah yeah dude Oh yeah, and yeah the, everyone everyone knew that first g note too you know ting mm -hmm. Um, taking back Sunday, uh, you know, like what, so there, there was, like I said, like the classic rock really like opened my mind to like, oh, there's rock bands and everything. But then I was in like, then I, w I remember like a defining moment of being in, I had like a cool cousin, an older cousin. And, uh, he, we got in his car and he put on story of the year and it was the first, it was the first, like new rock or I wouldn't even call it emo, but you know what I'm saying? Like that, like alternative or something. 
And it's like, okay, this is taking what I thought rock and roll was and turning into something new. And from there, that's what became my love for like playing in bands that really like opened that up. And then, yeah, and then just finding different keyboards. Uh, like you said, Welcome to the Black, Black Parade. Like that album is, that's my album. That's that's true to my heart. I love Did, that album. I, I, I love that album so much. It's easily in my top three favorite albums of all time. And honestly, it really? reminds- Really? Yeah, top three, for real. Oh. I, I love that fucking album. It reminds me a lot, like that album reminds me of like a new-aged- at the time, like a new aged emo queen. Yes. Okay. I, can we please just talk about the Black Parade? Okay. Yeah. Okay. We'll just do the whole podcast on that. All right. No more subjects. Only this is a Black Parade. Fuck. The Black Parade is so amazing. It. it I. I mean, Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge came out, and it was amazing. I loved that album. Okay. And th- they came out. The following album they came out with was so insane and so epic and i could not believe that it was something that was real i remember watching that music video 10 times in a row i couldn't believe that that was something that could happen and it has honestly defined like what i'm trying to capture as an artist like i love the epic parade like confetti marching whatever that is i'm really trying to go for and like you said queen there's something about Epic is is so cliche. It's overused, you know? Yeah. But there's something about big. I like big. I want... I'm not there yet, but I want to make big. Like, I want... Um, I want big, you know? I know exactly what you're talking about when you say big, man. Like, that's something that I, like, focus on more and more these days whenever I'm producing. It's just like, all right, how can I make this sound big but yeah they they nailed that man i love how much sass gerard wade brought to the fucking table dude yes. he just had so much sass and just so much character such a unique guy it was more than just a singer he was just an energy he was a vibe you know he was and he really like he was like there's something too about the the difference between three cheers for sweet revenge into black parade is that he's like all right i'm gonna make a new character and he and he dyed his hair white but like it's kind of like the david bowie thing it's just like all right, end of that era, here's the new era. It's just, you know, I, you don't see that very much these days. It's not even It's not even like people that don't do that are bad. It's just like, I like that. I like that. Cut that off. Here's the new thing, you know? Yeah, it, it was... Um... It was like a story. It was a vibe in itself. But yeah, it's like with every new project, you got like a new version of the band, which like you... Honestly, I'll agree with what you said. You really don't see that much... M- more these days i will say someone that has done that recently and did a good job of it was machine gun kelly like whenever he just came out with his pop punk album i'm like this is fucking awesome it's like this is so good you know what i mean yeah i haven't listened to it yet but i, I oh, know dude, it, he, i know what he did it, produced by travis parker so it's like it's really it, yeah it's it's fucking phenomenal like it if you're ever into pop punk blink 182 i mean you obviously were so like you go listen to the album and travis parker's drumming on the whole thing he produced the entire album and it's fucking incredible it's just like pop punk's back and i'm hearing that sound come back more and more in pop music you know what i mean hearing yes. stuff like that on the radio you know what i mean elenium yes. collabing with fucking tom DeLong. you know what i mean it's like marshmallow collabing with with, uh, a day to remember it's like cool that's a sound that i have never ever ever fell out of love with for uh, for years i've listened to these bands continued it going and to see it kind of get refreshed and renewed and just getting there again oh dude it's such an exciting time for music it is i i, I don't i don't really understand why it even went away i i there's nothing wrong with it you know what i mean i can't believe it I mean, people will say that like why did like rock and roll like zeppelin's style dive it was so good but like that would fit people would love that if that was still going today well think about it today yeah i mean like my dad still listens to zeppelin and skinner do you know what i mean like you know those bands that he fell in love with years and years ago he still listened to those fucking bands you know what i mean so um i think one of the reasons why that sound is coming back in the way that it is is because hip-hop kind of hit an emo stride, okay, where you had, like, Lil Peep, Juice World, R.I.P., both those guys, right? But, like, mm-hmm. I remember my, my little cousin was showing me Juice World like, two years ago, right? 
and he was like all hyped up about this guy Juice Ford. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I, I didn't fuck with like that new age rap shit because it was all like mumble shit to me. I'm not a hater. Mm -hmm. There's some that it has. A, if it's fun, it's fun. If it had a time and place, it had a time and place. But I'm not gonna sit there and listen to it. And he's like, no, bro, you got to hear this. Shows me Juice World. It's like this emo rap. And I'm like, oh shit, this is like what I was listening to in high school, but like hip hop instead of rock. You know what I mean? It's like the same vibe, same type of like even singing like melodies and stuff like that. This is the same thing. And that got super popular. So I like to think because of that, because of like the new age hip hop kind of going through an emo stride. That it's kind of coming back to those bands that were where kids are like, oh shit, this is like the same thing that I listen to, but with a band. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I, and I actually heard somebody say like, Elenium is like the emo kids like growing up, and they're like, what's the next thing? It's Elenium. Elenium, mm. yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, that's true, man. Fucking, he's got some sad songs, but I'll listen to him, man. They're very, he does a good job of making that big sound. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, epic. I hate saying epic, but it's epic. It is epic, man. All these producers who are elitist who are like, fuck all that cheesy shit. I'm like, you know how hard it is to write like a really good cheesy song? It's not the oh easiest thing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> it's not an easy thing to do, man. It really isn't. And, and, if you go ahead and try to write some like heartfelt lyrics and not sound cheesy, yeah. <laughs> you know, like I was lost the other day. It's like, you're just like, uh, you know, you, you like cringe at your own lyrics, but like there's a way to make it work, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. If it comes from a place, but no, I'm glad that we could just vibe on that real quick, man. The black parade and shit and just emo. I'm glad that Hell yeah, dude. So <laughs> back to, back to the pianist talk. All right. Um, yeah. it was just hilarious, right? Yes. Going from being this classically trained guy, playing in bands, finding electronic music, and realizing you can do this, how hard was it going from a piano to a computer to produce it, to make it sound good, to mix it down, to just learn a program? Was that nothing compared to like the act of learning how to actually play the piano? Or like, what was that like for you? Um, I think producing, I use logic and I think producing is harder than piano for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, piano is, um, a lot, there is some like, okay, throw your own style into it, but piano is a lot of muscle memory. If I practice my scales enough, okay. So say I had to learn a super hard piece, I would go, okay. Say I had to learn a super hard piece. This is like, I'm just thinking for college. I'd learn a super hard piece by in six months. I can break it down and be like, learn this measure. I so said, there's, there's 600 measures and I have six months. You know what I mean? So like, okay, learn this much per day. And it was like, it was like, okay, all I have to do is like learn this and then I can work my way through it. And there was nothing that I didn't know. It just took muscle memory. Whereas producing is like, like phasers, and compression and um you know eq just the fact that they're eqing something you know what i mean like the, and that doesn't even get into like different vsts and everything there's so much that if you don't know it you don't know it i know what notes are on a you know staff it's just a matter of getting good at playing it whereas like if you don't know how to use logic or ableton and you don't know how to use it. You know what I mean? Like I can, I could probably learn any piano piece given enough time, but I can't stare at Ableton and learn it. And that's why I really think it's harder than learning any instrument because it's like, it's, it's like sciencey. You know what I mean? No, I totally agree, man. I, I've said the same thing. Like I've been a drummer my whole life and I've said like, if I, and I've, I've spent way, way, I've, I've been a drummer my whole life, but I've spent way more hours producing and I've only been a producer for like six years. Right. But if I would have, if I would have spent, you know, 12 hours a day on a drum kit, which is, if you can do that, holy fucking shit. But yes. like, you know, that's what you have to do as a producer in order to learn it, to get good, to, to figure it out. And you know, that's, if I would have did that as a drummer, like I did as a producer, 
fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like, just fuck. That's all I really have to say. It's just like, yeah. my my wrists would be huge, dude. Like, they would be massive. <laughs> I know. That it, 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 it sucks, too, because with a piano, you're given the keys and, like, you're told what keys you use or you know what keys to use. But it's like, there's no one telling you to to apply reverb or not apply reverb. Mm. And should I reply? Should I put reverb on this? You know what I mean? And like, all right, I'll put it on. Okay, I put it on. All right, let me make it song. Maybe the reverb doesn't sound good. I'm going to take it off. Well, now it takes this part and makes it sound, you know, and, and it's just like uh, back and forth so much. It's, it's mad. Producing is maddening for me because it's so, although I've been doing it for five years, it still feels so new. There's some, I really, really am like, it's humbling because I can't, there's something about, okay, I'll change this part and it affects this part. Okay, so I'll change that part and it affects this part. And I'm learning to just like lay things down, which is so different than an instrument, which is like, learn that measure, learn that measure, learn that measure, you know what I mean? Everything yeah. affects the thing before it. And there's a flow to making it. There's energy worth the buildup, the drop. You know what I mean? It's it's incredibly difficult. Yeah. Yeah, man, I, 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 I totally agree, dude. I uh yeah, it, I, I can only imagine. So like with with me, it transferred over a little bit better because I was a drummer, right? And a lot of producing is just making cool beats. Uh, and then mm -hmm. just like learning how to make that sound good. Being a piano player, I'm sure that transferred over as well because the electronic music you fell in love with were like melody driven, you know, and so you can write the melodies all day. How, how did, did it have a, do you feel like you had a head start on producing? Like just because you had spent so many years as a pianist, so you're just like, I maybe, maybe a little, like, do you feel like it helped out a bunch? Yeah. Melodically. Yes. I can, I can spit out the melodic part of a, of a track in a, in a few hours here's my chords here's the melody like i can i can play something on piano that i like and then i can take that midi and throw it into a synth into a bass into all the chords laid out ready to rock all right time to eq it all right why doesn't that synth needs to be cut off you know what i mean like all this there's a thousand pieces that need to be applied to each layer like to make it really i mean you you could put out something you know but like i, I want to i'm trying to make it sound like you know a quality electronic track and that takes so much knowledge to to competes the wrong word but like to make it sound up to par with what you hear with some of these top tier producers is that their mixes and the effects they apply are like these guys are geniuses you know it's like you can't just throw some chords down with a melody on top and throw a drum loop on it you really need to make it you know lock in um but the melodic part i have that down pat it's like all right time to find a good snare and that's just like you know <laughs> adds me your, off right yeah out of your fucking comfort zone which is fun, it man. is yeah I guess I guess fun's the word. <laughs> I, I, I was so I was so ready to take over though. You know what I mean? It's like oh, uh, electronic. I can do piano music. I should be able to do this. But just like all right, try to make that kick and snare, kick and snare sound good around those chords. It's like Ugh, it really it really humbles you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I bet you can fucking shred the piano, dog. I bet you can just fuck there, fucking play all day, can't you? The, I can, uh, yes, I can, but like that's not enough. People, people, it's got to pop. Mm -hmm. How much they do you, don't want to hear discords. How much do you practice these days? Like you know, do you, do you, I'm sure you spend more time on the production side because I feel like you have to. But like, what uh, yeah. how, what's what's your practice in like? Do you still practice every day? I I really don't I really don't practice. No, I I I, I guess my practice is production, like using Logic and finding out how to be better at that. It takes me forever to make it. I like, I have four original tracks out. I mean, I've made so many remixes and the reason I have so many remixes is because the things are laid out. I've gotten the stems to them and I have the drum track. 
even for Wookworm, I was like, give me the stems. I want the drums, you know what I mean? So I can play on top of it. I don't want to pick the drum pattern. I don't want to EQ the snare. Like I need, I need that track so I can play on it. So I can jam. But to, yeah, so because when it's up to me to start from scratch, then I can't make that sub. I can't make that grittiness, you know what I mean? I need to jam on a track already laid out. Yeah, I mean, that was one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show. Um, just because, you know, there's... I don't know. There's like Haywire, and there's you. And that's really about all I can think of. There's just like these piano player live producer dj guys you know what i mean like i'm i know there's a lot more you know you have like porter robinson and stuff like that but like you know you guys are taking it especially like, i mean i haven't seen one of your live shows but i've seen videos and stuff but i've seen haywire before and that motherfucker's shredding live you know what i mean yes. he's just shredding the fucking thing and it's like such a tight niche group and you're doing it in such a fun fresh new sound wave you know what i mean like it's like the new sound and, and, and then the live skill with it, right? And then you're posting these videos, and you're, like, having fun. It's like you're jamming. People are vibing with it. I'm like, yes, that's a fucking vibe. I want to have that guy on the show, right? So to tie that all together with just the live stuff, you know, I've been seeing you've been getting live shows and stuff like that. How big of a bitch is it to set all that up for a live show and a live DJ set, but you're playing the piano? Because I did live drums for a little bit in my DJ set for about probably about a year, and I was like, alright, that's too big of a pain in the ass. I'm not doing it anymore. But, this is a little different. W what goes into just, like, setting up a live set, like, you just, just, kind of run that down for me, man. It's a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> It's terrible. I I have to, okay, to, in order to, e even to do these shows, I had to, I had to customize a case that held my keyboards to fly to shows, to, to even get the keyboards there. And then when I get the keyboards there, they have a DJ table. They're like, we're going to put, you know, it's, it's, it's figuring out where to put me on stage with the DJ table. Like, no, I need my keyboards so people can see me. So then there's that. So then I set up my keyboards. Right now, I'm figuring out how to get my stand there. But right now, I'm renting um, my three-tier stand from Guitar Center and returning it to the store after the show just to, you know, just to keep things moving. You know, there's a better um, way to do that. You know, you know, there's a better way to there do is. that. Yeah, okay. I'm figuring out. Okay, well, I, I, pretty soon I'm going to be flying this this customized three tier keyboard. You can't rent a three tier keyboard stand. Oh, really? You know, there's not like a backline company that you could hit up no, for that. There, there's like Guitar Center, and they have one keyboard available, and it's a, it's just a, it's like no, I need my keyboards with my sounds already set up. I need these three brands of these. You know what I mean? The, the blue keyboard on top is set up for the show. The middle keyboard, I can't have the the instrument changes on a different button because I'm so used to going, doo -doo -doo, bam, doo -doo -doo, you know what I mean? It has yeah. to be that keyboard. The bottom one is a piano. It has to be weighted keys. Like I can't, It can't be like, yeah, whatever you guys got. It has to be what I have and what I've been practicing on. And and I have to, I have to so I had to get those to the show. So I have to fly three keyboards, all right? Now I have to have a three-tier keyboard stand, which they, they can't rent. So, and just recently just got a case built for a three-tier keyboard stand, and that's what I'll be using from now on. But even then, um, making sure that the production team knows that I'm not a DJ, like I'm not, they're like, you know, what are you using? I won't be behind the, the table. I'm going to, I need to be in front of it. And I, and I, I need to like, uh, be able to be center stage. So your, your team's going to have to move this, the table back, which is a lot to ask for. And I understand, you know what I mean? Because once they have everything set up, they kind of want to keep it that way. And that's just, that's just getting there. And the whole production side of it is so difficult for me because um, and it's something I'm currently trying to figure out how to do correctly. 
I'm right now I'm playing keyboards on top of tracks, whereas my videos are I'm playing through a DAW through Logic. And when I play through Logic, I can sidechain and I can apply the right effects to make it sound clean. But my live shows, I'm playing on top of tracks, which sounds a little different than a mastered track. Mm, you know what yep. I mean? Yeah. So you like have... the basses, the basses aren't like ducking behind the kicks. And I'm right now I'm trying to figure out how to how to sidechain to just the the kicks for my keyboards. You know how you're gonna do that, man? You're gonna have to you're gonna have to use Ableton. I know, I know. That sucks. I love logic. Yeah. Well, everything you've been explaining right here, I'm like, able you can do all that in Ableton. <laughs> it's such a great it's a, all people who do like live performance or like live any any type of like planned live thing. I'm saying about ninety five percent of the time that's routed through ableton you know even bands like you know it's all it's you know you don't have to produce in there you can still produce in logic but dude the things that you can do live inside of ableton like that that's gonna be the answer for you man i know i i was afraid my computer would crash through running um audio and side chaining through my mac so that's why i kind of kept it simple but you know i saw recently I saw Jansen, and he had this Ableton setup that was a thousand layers. Yep, yeah, he's got. It he was he was making it. I looked at it, and it looked like the Matrix. It was it was all falling down, and he was maybe he had a like a juiced up Mac, but it had no problem running exactly what he wanted to do, and he he killed it. Well, I I think I don't know if he got a new Mac, but I know there was a time for a little bit where like it sh shut down on him a couple times. But it might it might have just been like a something that he could fix. But yeah, man, I mean I mean, even just like an Ableton compressor sidechain, like if you're using internal plugins and not external plugins, you're not using that much CPU. So you know what I mean? So like maybe you mm. in, you know, you could put instead of using the synth or uh or, or like are you, on your keyboards, are you running the synths are you using like synths from logic or are you using the synths from your keyboard? Okay, so like the bottom keyboard is always piano, and that's like my little uh, special touch. It's like, or, or it's always piano, so it's like that's just that's just straight audio from that Yamaha yep. piano. Yeah, and like that's like I want that to stay piano because I like piano solos. The middle keyboard is always MIDI, and that's like the magical bass hits. That's the weird stuff. Um, that's running to a program called Mainstage, which is also made by Apple and it looks like logic. It's pretty much the same like family as logic. And it and I'm able to change to any sound I want. Like I, I can change the serum presets, massive, you know what I mean? That is like where those weird EDM sounds come from. And the blue keyboard on top is it's just straight audio and it's my pad strings. It's got some cool like flutes, you know, like just like what you would expect on a Yamaha keyboard. Like if I need to just, if I need to throw like a electronic, like a Rhodes piano on top of a track, I'm not gonna make it in Serum. I'm gonna use that top one. But like yeah. if the drop is coming and I want something heavy, I'm using the middle one. Yeah, dude, Ableton can handle all that, no problem. Only one of them's using MIDI and you could probably set a lot of that up with the sampler instead of actually using like the synth or whatever. Like if you're just doing like bass one shots, throw it in a sampler, oh my God. You're gonna be using like no CPU at all, dude. You're gonna have to just quit quit being this logic elitist, okay, and come over to the dark side, daddy. Okay. It is so dark, man. It, 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 you know what, you know, it's really frustrating is that I it took so long to learn logic and I, it, I could have started out with Ableton it's like okay i have a macbook oh logic and i just went with it but it's like okay and i have to relearn ableton and that's what kept me from doing it oh bro it's easy to learn man it's it, the reason why ableton's so popular is because it's straight the workflow straight in your face it's easy to get especially with ableton 11 the new version it's fucking insane i had somebody tell me that like a couple weeks ago they were like man i feel like producing is so hard i'm like it used to be I feel uh -huh. like it used to be you know you can learn the programs pretty easy now especially like with ableton newest updates it's like the workflow is just right in your face everything's just so easy to understand now you know, i have a question i have a question though like what is that what is that like vertical like up and down view it's automation. I, I like to watch my i like to watch my 
line go across. You can if you want. I mean, you can turn that off. You just by like, click a button, you don't have to see any lines. But that's just that's automation, dude. So if you want to automate a filter opening up or automate anything, you know, that's the yeah, great thing. There's different channels. It's like channel one, channel two, channel three, and you don't even see the song go across. You can. You can. It's easy, dude. I can show you some time, dude. I can show you some time. Okay. It's really easy to understand. It's like literally just like it's just those lines are just automation lines. Then you have your main track above it and all the lanes under it are automation lanes. This is the most nerdiest podcast I think we might have ever gone. I've never done. Hey. I wish I wore my glasses. <laughs> Man, I've, so yeah, fucking doing your live show is a pain in the ass, okay? We said that. We obviously know that you got to move over to the Ableton. That's a, that's a must coming, you know what I mean? That's just delaying the inevitable, dude. I got it. So have you ran into any issues where, like, your keyboards didn't show up to the airport? No, not yet. And um, I found the best airline to travel is Southwest. We'll fly my case for 75 bucks. That's amazing that is amazing yes that is amazing dude yeah i saw you had a show recently with the like co fressy wasn't it yeah yeah here in that's, louisville that's like a perfect fucking combination because you are both just doing the live shows man yeah it really is um and it attracts the crowd that wants to watch live uh instruments on top of uh trappy fun beats yeah i was gonna ask what, what's like the crowd reaction from whenever you're doing stuff like this because in my experience whenever i was doing my live drumming stuff i remember there's just times where people wouldn't give a fuck you know what i'm saying because it's like i'm not able to mix quick i'm not because i was doing live drum and mixing like I, I i had the drums completely taken out of like these tracks that i was playing and if i missed a pad there was just no drum playing and so like they're long mixes i'm playing the whole songs and i realized the energy was low people had stopped giving a fuck at some point what's it like from your perspective how are people vibing with it because i know whenever i've seen like haywire i'm like this is fucking awesome like people are vibing with it big time totally different vibe but how are people reacting to it i'm like haywire is attracting his crowd and his crowd is is coming to see keyboards you know what i mean yeah and that's because he i mean he's a huge name and he's got a huge audience and like i'm trying to make a name for myself and i am a lot of the times opening up for acts that are not live instrument like you know um, I'm opening up for a lot of like dubstep acts and the people have come to headbang and I'm about to play piano solos, which is really, really weird. Um, but there is there, they get it after like three or four songs. If I can, which I didn't get at first, but recently I'm, I'm starting to like, it's like you like coax them into this, like, all right, you know that song? All right. Now I'm going to play it on keyboards. Um, it, it's it's kind of different if it's like the Kafreshi show I did was awesome because people were like people that come to see they know what they're coming to see. Um, there's a you know what this last show, I played a show with Marvel years um, Saturday and it really popped off. I played Furley's, but it was the Comus remix. Um, yes which is amazing. And he gave me the stems too. And I was able to sample and pick apart all the, the hits to put on my keyboards. And that I'm realizing that is the track I think I need to open with <laughs> because, because it makes people go, okay. Uh, you know what I mean? Like they're like, okay, he's doing something on the piano. I know what a piano is. And then it, 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 it turns from piano and then I go, what, 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 what with bass sounds. And like, Okay, he's a pianist, but for bass sounds. And it, it it's like a basic, like, okay, you're here, now we need to take you here. Like, that song really, and that is the, the, the hypest track of the night. I was like, oh, this is, like, what makes people, like, get it. Mm -hmm. um, it's, I, it's like, I need to tell the audience what's happening. It's like... Because otherwise, they're only here to listen. Because when they're coming to see a DJ, they're there to listen. They're not really there to watch. You know, they like to see the, the guy into it. But it's just like, I need you guys to, like, watch. And that track really brings it together. 
Yeah, that's just Comus, man. He does a really good job of just making a lot of really good fucking music. That's also my best friend, so that's awesome, man. Yeah, that's a. I played that track in my set the other night, and it always smacks. Always smacks. It does. People, when it starts off and people hear that, it's funny, though, because you're, cause in my mind, I'm like, you, you, um, you like stereotype like the bass crowd. You stereotype them as like, okay, they only like. I have to play hard bass music. Um, these this is a this is a crowd that Subtronics. You know, like you know, like Excision. Uh, these people love these heavy bass tracks. I need to, you know. And you're thinking about these heavy artists and things that you need to cover. And then you play something from classical music, and they go crazy. It's like, okay, maybe I'm underestimating my audience. Yeah, for sure, man. I've been playing a lot of ass-eating music, so, like, that's been really cool to see a bunch of bass heads. What's that? Oh, dude. Oh. (laughs) Bring that fat ass over here. I want to get it in my mouth. Want to get it in my mouth. Oh. So, do you sing it too? No, no, fuck no. That's oh. not me. It's not my track. It's Work That Ass for Daddy by Mark Rebier, okay? Okay. Yeah. So, you know, you know, people, <laughs> these books are open, bro. They're open. They're like, open to everything. They're open like some cheeks, dog. You feel me? <laughs> I do. <laughs> well, man, this has been cool, dude. I, uh, I appreciate you coming on the show to Matt today, dude. Yes, sir. I really appreciate you. I, uh, I'm a fan of what you do. I think you're doing really cool stuff. I think you're going to continue to be to do really cool stuff, and I'm uh, <laughs> looking forward to watching it, and I hope our paths cross more. Um, before you go, what's next for Mr. Jason Leach? What you want the people to know? What's coming next? Uh, big tracks dropping. A uh, track with Lucid on Friday. Um, I think this podcast is airing the day before yeah so tomorrow uh, technically th- uh this friday track was lucid um and also on this friday track with closey super excited about that damn both, both on the same day wow wow scheduling issues huh but uh yeah dude it's gotta, uh, happen. <laughs> it's gotta happen i mean that's some big names dude that's fucking awesome congrats dude i'm a huge thank you man massive fan of closey and lucid can have my children so absolutely hey man and you're gonna be uh you're doing an interstellar after party i'm playing at interstellar so we'll have to link up well you're you're, you're oh yeah uh, come to the party bro I'll, i mean i'll be at the festival too that day just having a good time but yeah come come to the after party let's hang out absolutely let's do it Rock and roll, brother. All right, dude. Well, uh, I appreciate you, dude, and you have a good one. Jason Leach, everybody. Hey. Nice talking to you, brother. Peace. Now it's Mr. Jason. What a, uh, what a cool cat. What a nice guy. Appreciate him coming on the show. Appreciate y'all listening this week, man. Hope y'all are doing good out there. Hope you continue to do good out there. And you know what I'm saying? Just do what you want to do, bro. You know what I'm saying? Just do what you want to do. And if the haters don't like it, dude... They can go fuck themselves, dude. For real. Just go do what you want to do. And be happy while doing it. Because if you're not doing that, then what's the fucking point, y'all? I appreciate y'all being here, man. I'll see y'all next week for another episode of Talks with Taboo. Love y'all. Peace.